Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you and praise you for the opportunity to come together, to fellowship, Father, to worship you. Father, we pray everything that's done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom, Father, and in the advancement of your kingdom. And we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. So um, this pastor was walking down the street one day, and he came across a group of boys. It was five little boys, and they had, they had found a dog, and they were arguing over who got to keep the dog. And so they had decided that they were going to have a contest that whoever could tell the biggest lie was going to get the dog. Well, about the time they had decided that, the, the pastor walked up and stopped and heard what they were saying. And he said, now, what are you boys doing? And one of the little boys said, whoever tells the biggest lie gets to keep the dog. Well, the pastor was offended by such, and he said, I cannot believe that you boys would lie. I've been brought up in the church my whole entire life. I have studied God's word my entire life. I have never told a lie. I have preached many a sermon on lying. I have never told a lie, and you shouldn't tell a lie either. And the little boy interrupted and said, okay, okay, we get it. You get the dog. That's a Stephen joke. I didn't tell it better than him, though, because he forgot most of it except for the punchline. All right, so what we're going to talk about today is, is the Old Covenant versus the New Covenant. We, we're going to talk some more about a New Covenant in the coming weeks. But first off, we're going to talk about that there, you know, there was an Old Covenant, and then it was replaced with a New Covenant. So if you will, turn with me all the way back to the beginning. Not the beginning, beginning, but really close to the beginning, to uh, Genesis I got a couple scriptures in Genesis. Let's make sure we're in the right spot. 17. I think I want 17. Yeah, I really want 15. All right, so in, in, in Genesis 15, God has come to Abraham, and uh, starting with verse 1, it says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. It says, Do not be afraid, Abram. You haven't changed his name yet. For I am your shield and a, your very great reward. And it, God tells him that in, 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 in this conversation, God tells him that he is going to be rich and plentiful and he's going to have lots of kids and he's going to have lots of offspring. In fact, in like a couple verses down, he asked him to go outside. Um, 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 um. Verse 5, and he took him outside and said, look up to the sky and count the stars, if it indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And so God developed... A relationship with Abram <clears throat> and after the relationship was developed right he proposed a covenant now a covenant especially in those days were was blood covenant right I mean that's serious I mean now we have contracts and lawyers and all that but then you had your word and your blood and so a blood covenant meant that if either person broke the covenant Anybody know what happened? You're supposed to kill them. If they broke the blood covenant, they were supposed to die, right? So God made this blood covenant with Abraham to establish what would be God's people, right? He, he, is, trying to, he is trying to establish his people on this planet, right? Abraham, I mean, um, Adam and Eve were in the garden and they had sinned and all the crazy stuff that happened and and we got to Enoch, and then we got to Noah, and I mean, it has just been chaos from the beginning of time up until now. But God is really trying to restore some order, so he wanted to make a deal 
with Abraham, this man who, through faith, had this covenant cut with him, right? And so the covenant of Abraham, God promised him wealth, and God promised him prosperity, and he promised him land, and he promised all of this stuff, right? He's promised offspring, and Abraham had to live up to his side of the bargain, all right? So now we'll go to 17, I think. Um, and when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. And Abram fell down and said to God, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will now be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. <clears throat> and I will make you very fruitful. And I will make you nations of you, and kings will come from you, and I will establish my covenant as an ever everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants for generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants. Right? And so, it's a pretty good deal for Abraham, right? I mean, you go from being a nobody, basically, to the, to the father of many nations, to this very wealthy guy who creates a covenant with the living God. Now, covenants weren't new, right? Lots of folks had made covenants. He didn't say, I'm going to make a covenant with you, and then stopped and explained what a covenant was, right? He didn't have that part of the conversation. Abraham knew what a covenant was. He understood the, 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 the deal, right? So when God made his covenant with Abraham, the, the man's blood was through circumcision, and God's blood was through sacrifices. Abraham got a bull and a cow and a goat and some birds and all kinds of stuff, and he cut it up, and he sacrificed it for God's part of the covenant, right? Because God's blood was not shed in the original covenant. There was a substitute on God's part of the covenant. And I don't know if you ever made a deal or not, but you usually make a deal based on the person's um, moral character and fiber and what you believe to be true or not, right? If you ever make a deal with somebody, you always kind of weigh out, well, is they a good guy or a bad guy? Did they say what they're not going to say? Did they do what they're supposed to do or not? Right? I mean, when we do business, I got a deal right now that I could save money by using a guy that I know is a crook, and I won't use him. I'm not going to do it. But when Abraham's part of the, the covenant was by his blood through circumcision, God's part of the covenant was through a substitute, but I would be okay taking the substitute, right? I mean, Abraham's probably thinking, well, the almighty God, the creator of the universe, yeah, I'll take the substitute. So the substitute was made, and the, and the covenant was established. And once this covenant was established, Abraham became the head of God's people. And out of his descendants comes all of God's people, right? His part of the covenant. The other part of Abraham's covenant is, in, you know, when they talk about blessed be going in and blessed coming out and all of this stuff and wealth and, and sheep and goats and cows and tents and slaves and stuff. I mean, Abraham was loaded. And every time he went somewhere, he went with his wife, who was kind of his sister, but he told everybody that it was his sister, right? Because he didn't want anybody to kill him because his wife was too pretty. <clears throat> The king would take the sister and try to make her a wife, and then God would reveal to them that, whoa, you can't do that. That's one of my people's wives. And then the king would pay them money, 
for God to not be mad at them, right? I mean, it just God created wealth everywhere Abraham went. Even when things were not looking good for Abraham and he and Lot split stuff up, Lot took the better half. Abraham's half still outgrew, right? Having a covenant with God is a pretty impressive deal, right? I mean, especially in that time. So, <clears throat> sometimes if you make a deal with somebody, and not, not that I've ever done this, but I mean, you could do this, right? If you made a deal with somebody and you expected them to be honest, right? And you wanted them to make sure that they held up their end of the bargain no matter what, you would kind of set them up, right? They'll ever set somebody up, like, you know, slip the extra 20 in and see if they told you to, hey, wait a minute, you paid me too much money. Y'all ever done that? I know, I know somebody that did, right? that's done this but but so god kind of set abraham up we have a covenant and you and i have a blood relationship and we're going to do exactly what i tell you to do and you're going to listen right so in verse um, chapter 22 of genesis sometime later god tested abraham and he said to abraham here i am and then god said take your son your only son the one who you love now if you don't know the whole story about abraham in the middle of when God said, you're going to be a father of many nations, and when the son Isaac was born, Abraham tried to help God out, right? Abraham and Sarah come up with a plan and said, hey, you know what? I'm infertile. Why don't you take the slave lady to help her have a baby with her, right? I don't know why, because he was 90-something years old that he was not infertile. That don't understand that concept at all. But anyway, that's how it worked out. So they tried to help God. But here... This kid, this kid is the, is the son of the promise. This kid is the kid that God had promised. When God said that you're going to be a father of many nations, those nations came from Isaac, right? And so God said, I want you to take your son, the one that you waited on for 100 years, the one that I promised you years ago, the one that you waited 25 years to have, and I want you to take him up on top of the mountain, and I want you to make him the sacrifice to me. Now, you, we got the circumcision part, but I want, a little, I want to up your side of the ante. I mean, what's happened is, is I'll give you lots of bulls and goats and cows and, and sheep and money and stuff. I want to know how much do you trust me? And it's a pretty tough situation to be in, right? And if you read the whole story, you find out in there that Abraham never told Sarah that she was, he was going to kill the kid ever, ever, ever. Didn't tell the kid either. Probably smart move, right? It'd be tough to run the little rascal down. It's okay. Trust me. God said it was going to be all right. I mean, it's a tough situation to be in. So God, as he established this covenant with Abraham, he tested him to see, do you trust me? Do you have faith in me? Do you believe what I say is true or not? Because if you look at it from the natural, you'd say, God, give me the kid, and then God wants to kill the kid. Then God didn't really give me the kid. But if you look at it from the covenant side of it, the covenant was between Abraham and God, and God promised that Abraham would be a, son, a father of many nations, and those many nations would come from Isaac, the kid of the promise. So Abraham, through faith, right? That's what it says in Hebrews, that Abraham, through faith, offered his son as a sacrifice. <coughs> now, pretty good faith, right? But Abraham came to the conclusion that if God promised that it's going to be true, that it's going to be true no matter what. And if God tells me to kill my child, the same one that he has promised all of these, 
all of these, as many children as the stars, that he would bring them back to life, right? Sound familiar? We will offer the son as a sacrifice, and then we'll go bring him back to life. So what happened? Abraham got all the way there. They got all on top of the mountain. They got the altar set. They got the wood cut. They got everything right. And right about the time he went to kill his kid, God stopped him and said, oh, wait a minute, you were. You, you trusted me. Your side of the covenant is good. Well, that's, that's good. And then there was a ram in the bushes, right? You know the story. I mean, we teach it in the little class and in the middle class, and we don't hear it a bunch out here. So Abraham did not kill his child, right? And he, there was a ram caught in the bushes, and he offered that sacrifice. Now, what I think is the most awesome part of this story, me personally, is that if you are God and that you know from the beginning of time that your son is going to be offered, your one and only son, the son that you love, is going to be offered as a sacrifice for a covenant, and you have a covenant with this guy, I mean, sometimes you want to know, are you willing to do for me what I'm willing to do for you? Now, I'm, not, I'm putting personal aspects on what God thinks or believes, or, and I, I, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm just trying to reason it out in my little pea brain of how this works out. So if you have God who is willing to sacrifice his one and only son that he loved for a covenant, wouldn't it be acceptable to ask Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son for a covenant? Now, that's a pretty tough deal on Abraham's part, right? Abraham is he, he's trying to live up to God's expectations in the covenant. But by faith, Abraham said, you know what? I'm in. I'll offer my son as a sacrifice if that's what you require. Okay? That's the old covenant. So the old covenant, man, they abused it. They didn't do right. I mean, God was vengeful at this time. There were sins against God. I mean, Jeremiah talks about how that they will be entrapped and enslaved and killed and run from their lands. I mean, there's horrible stuff, right? The 400 years in Egypt. I mean, lots of bad things happen under this covenant. But the way it worked is, is the way the covenant worked is that as it progressed with Abraham, they built an, the Ark of the Covenant, right? To where God, the Holy Spirit, the power of God that's on the planet would live in the Ark of the Covenant, and when they toted that Ark of the Covenant, that was part of the deal, that was part of the covenant with God, right? And as time progressed, and then King David came, and we built temples, and God laid out how he wanted the temples to be built, right? And they were supposed to have <clears throat> an outer court, and an inner court, and then the Holy of Holies, and then God lived inside the Holy of Holies. And for the covenant to continue every year, the priest would make the sacrifice for sin over the group, right? And they would have the scapegoat, and they would put the blood of the sacrifice on the goat and send him out into the desert. <clears throat> but every year, it had to be renewed. Every year, they offered sacrifices to God to cover their sins. Over and over and over and over. For years, thousands of years, they went through the process of offering sacrifices. And then you fast forward. <clears throat> like, a, like a ways, like a lot, like, like that much plus some, right? That, that's how far we're going to fast forward, then a little bit more. 
And then God said, you know, this, this, the blood of bulls and goats, that isn't really what I want. That isn't really the sacrifice that I want. And I understand that it's covering the sin, but what, we, what God really wanted was the same thing he had with Adam. Remember, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, it talks, the Bible talks about how Adam and Eve would walk with God in the afternoons and the cool of the day, and they would have a relationship and fellowship, and they would talk and, and be part together, right? And the, the covenant, the old covenant, they were kind of together, but the relationship wasn't there, right? Because if you know, what the Bible says is the, just your average Joe couldn't go from outside of the temple into the Holy of Holies, right? They had to be uh, had to have their sacrifices done. They had to be ceremonially washed. They had to have all of their garments, right? They had had to, all of their stuff to be able to be in the presence of God. They wore little jingly bells on their arms, right? And they had a rope tied around them in case they were to die. They just pulled them back out. They didn't go in to figure out what happened. Old Bill died. Okay, we'll pull him back out by his foot. So, how about if you had a relationship was like that, right? That you could never have fellowship. And if you have a relationship and there's not fellowship, you don't really have a relationship. You might have an agreement. You might have a contract or a covenant, but you don't really have a relationship. So when we go forward to the new covenant, right? That's the old covenant. And the old covenant worked for a while. And it, it, but it never really satisfied what God wanted it to do. But it set up what the new covenant was about. <clears throat> now, we were a couple weeks out of Easter, but we're going to go back to an Easter uh, scripture in just a second. So, as the old covenant had progressed, they had raised, I mean, and, and, and look, you can read um, all of the Old Testament, and they talk about, you know, how the priests were supposed to act and who they were supposed to be and what they were supposed to do and what they were had to do to be a priest and how they had to wash and how they had to dress and how they had to act, right? All of that stuff led up until John the Baptist, right? And then John the Baptist, when he was preaching the gospel, he started talking about a new deal, a new covenant. That's why everybody thought he was crazy, right? Everybody thought he was crazy because for however many thousand years in a row, we worked this way, and now all of a sudden, this guy's saying that way don't work anymore. And John the Baptist, when he was standing baptizing people, he, he talked about Jesus as he walked up, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who comes to, to free us from our sins, right? He, he, there's the sacrifice. <clears throat> so everything was taking place for Jesus to become the sacrifice. So I just want to read with you one second. Now remember... God lived inside the Holy of Holies. Now, God, God, the Holy Spirit, I believe, was who was there. It's, or maybe it was God the Father. I, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know. But they lived in the Holy of Holies. When they were on this earth, they lived in the Holy of Holies. And they had to be treated a certain way. So, Mark 15, um, 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 36, and someone ran and filled a sponge with wine vinegar and put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone, they said, to see if Elijah comes down, to take him down. Verse 37, <coughs> with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last breath. Okay, his part of the old covenant, the sacrifice, had died. At that instant, 
the curtain in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. Now, this is not a, <clears throat> this is not a curtain. This ain't like the curtain in your bedroom. This is a thick, <clears throat> multi-layered mesh that was built to keep you away from the Holy of Holies. Jesus had already promised that when he was going to tear down the temple and build it back in three days. <coughs> Dog gone. <coughs> so in the instant he died, or right before he died, he said it is finished on the cross, right? That's the old covenant. The old covenant is finished on the cross. But the instant he died, the deal was off. What did I tell you about a covenant? How do you get out of it? If you break the covenant or you end the covenant, one dies, huh? So God died on his part of the covenant. But he did so in a holy and righteous manner to offer a better covenant. <clears throat> Y'all ever had a, a, a TV subscription or a phone subscription and the price keeps going up, and price keeps going up, and price keeps going up, and you, you finally get to the point and you say, I can't handle this deal anymore, I want out. And you call them and tell them, hey, I don't want your phone service anymore. I don't want direct TV no more. And they go, well, what would it take for you to stay? How about if we lowered your bill? How about if we come up with a better deal? Could you stay then? How about if we cut your payment in half? What can we do to make you happy? But God had got to the point to where the covenant was broken. It didn't work anymore. It got to the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious leaders that they had developed the habits of looking like God's people but not acting like God's people. See, when he made the covenant with Abraham, he was trying to establish his people, his way of life, his way of doing things. And over the years, they had distorted it and changed it and twisted it and made it evil. So at the end of the covenant, God died for the covenant to be broken. And he offered a new covenant. In fact, we talked about that a minute ago when we did our communion. 1 <clears throat> Corinthians 11, um, beginning with the 23rd verse, really, it's right there in the middle. And that night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread and given thanks, and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. He established, or told them about how he was going to establish the new covenant. Now, <clears throat> go back to when Abraham established the new covenant, both folks bled. God couldn't bleed. He needed a substitute. When we have our new covenant with Jesus, we don't bleed. He is our substitute. He died. His blood became the seal of the covenant. And instead of having a physical circumcision like they did with Abraham and all of the people that lived behind them, they started talking about a spiritual circumcision, right? That it's the inside, that it's in your heart. So when Jesus said, this is my blood, which is the new covenant, <clears throat> they were baffled. 
I mean, they listened. But can you imagine that they understood what was taking place? Because for thousands of years, they had been taught about the covenant. They knew Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. They knew all of the stories. These guys were, I mean, they had listened for Jesus for three years. They knew about all what the covenant meant and the blood covenant was with them. They understood what it took to break a covenant. How are you going to break the covenant, boss? Well, one, somebody's got to die. So when Jesus was made the sacrifice, and he said, this, this is my blood of the new covenant. This is the key to the new deal. This is the way we go forward. Because there was no salvation offered in the first covenant. There was none. And not only that, it was just for the Jews. It was a very exclusive deal. We need a better deal. So Jesus came back with a better deal and he said, look, I'm not, I'm not just coming for, for God's people who have abused the covenant for thousands of years. I now come, right? God so loved the world, the whole world, that he gave his one and only son, the same one that Abraham was going to give up on top of the mountain and sacrifice, that that covenant was going to be established through his blood for the entire world. So then the deal was complete. When Jesus died, well, it was almost complete. When Jesus died and paid my penalty and paid your penalty on the cross and in hell, he took his blood and he laid it on the altar in the Holy of Holies and he paid for our sin that was, that is, and is to be. He paid one price. There was no more sacrificial lambs. There were no more ritual killings we didn't have to have a sacrifice every year for this covenant to be renewed the covenant was renewed and it was renewed with a perfect sacrifice see the bulls and goats i mean they appeased god but they didn't satisfy his wrath why because the wages of sin are is death and hell <clears throat> and the bulls can't go to hell the cows can't go to hell they can't pay my penalty they can only cover me but Jesus, he can spill his blood. He can die and go to hell. He can pay my penalty in full, being holy and blameless. And so when the new covenant is established, it is established through breaking the old covenant. But he died to end it. And at the same moment that he died to break the old covenant, he created a better deal. A more inclusive deal with a whole lot more benefits, with a whole lot more accessibility. Instead of now that the God living in the holy of holies, because our heart was circumcised through salvation, he became to live on the inside of us. So now we have a personal relationship with the other side of the covenant. That the covenant isn't through from me, through the priest and the sacrifice into the other room that I can't go into. Now the covenant is between God, the creator of the universe, and me, the sinner, that we have a personal relationship, that we live in harmony, that we walk with him, that he ministers to us, that he gives us what we need, and that he develops us to be better for him. That relationship is so much better. That covenant is so much better. But the cost was really high. It's not a cheap deal. Cheap on your part was not a cheap deal for him. 
He gave his one and only son, the son that he cared about from the beginning of time that helped him create the universe. So when that deal was made, we reap the benefits of the new covenant. <laughs> and we'll have part two next week. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we pray that this word will go out. It will not return void. Father, we thank you for the covenant that has been made in our behalf. And we just give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. <clears throat> if anybody has a need for prayer, if they'll come up, I'll be happy to pray with them. <laughs>